the more we all decide to have boundaries, right? To not answer emails at every hour of the day, the more other people will realize it's okay for them too. And that's how we can really change those expectations. I know you are doing the best that you can right now. Your relationships matter to you. You are important. And yet over time, we get stuck. We get lost or we stop showing up as our true self. We get hung up on the stories we tell ourselves, the comparisons, or feeling like we are not good enough. I'm Not Your Shrink is a podcast aimed at helping you feel connected to yourself, to others, and to live a life that is in line with what matters most to you. I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife and mother to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, and thank you for tuning into another episode. Today, I am sitting with Mallory Rowan, business coach and speaker to talk about burnout and moving towards living your life and having your business be in alignment to what matters to you. Four years ago, Mallory co-founded LVD Fitness, a lifestyle brand for athletes wanting to make an impact. She grew it to a global multi-six-figure business and it almost killed her. Today, she helps entrepreneurs build without burning out. From large corporations to solopreneurs, she helps people zero in on how to grow their business in a way that works and also feels really good. She has been featured as a Shopify master, a Lululemon ambassador, and one of United Way's people to know. Now, before we dive into this episode, I would love to hear from you. Head over to iTunes and leave me a review so others can also reach this podcast or take a screenshot and share it to your social media platform and tag me and let me know that you're listening and to help others reach this podcast. Let's dive into the episode. I'm so glad to be sitting with you today, Mallory. For our listeners, our connection is a growing one. We were initially set to be speaking together about burnout at the in-person GEM conference that would have been taking place early June of this year. But with the pandemic and social distancing mandates, we instead shared a virtual stage and spoke on two separate topics. And your talk on burnout was one that was so needed. So thank you for also being here and sharing with me and my audience here today. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to be here with you. So let's dive in. Can you tell us a bit about you? Yeah. Okay. Big question. (laughs) It's a huge question to start. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I guess we'll start, we'll start like halfway through my story. So I started my first business um, in university after working for some corporate um, offices and then some startups, I decided to venture out and make a apparel company um, in powerlifting with my Mm. training partner at the time. Um, And then we also started dating at the same time. So there was lots going on there. Um, And from there, we were able to grow it to a global business, which was super cool. And that was my first real like heavy experience with entrepreneurship. Um, And I just, I just loved it. And um, so we did that for um, about two years. And then I definitely noticed um, some changes in myself and I started to burn out really hard. And that's a whole other thing we can dive into. But um, at that point, I kind of stepped back a bit, reevaluated some things, um, kept pushing through the company for another two years. 
And then after that four-year mark, I decided that I was really passionate about helping other people grow their businesses without going through the burnout that I did because I spent those next two years really like refocusing and working on my health. And I didn't want that to be an obstacle that everybody had to face. And there was just so much hustle culture out there that I really wanted to show people that it doesn't have to be that way. And even though I you know, learn that the hard way, helping people get there a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. I think so many people can relate to that because this idea of hustling and always being on or always being available is such a common one, particularly today with our access to um, social media as a way to promote ourselves or to our phones and how we can always be on emails and connected all the time. Totally. It's so true. And we really glorify that hustle culture. You know, there's so many like different, even just like gifts on Instagram stories about having those three coffees a day and all that. Right. So we really, really glorify that the lack of sleep, all of it. And then Mm -hmm. it ends up hurting us a lot. Yeah. There's, um, Brene Brown talks about this and this is the idea that our worth is often measured on how busy we are or how much we're doing or how much we're completing. And and we can even see it in our interactions when we talk to each other and ask each other how we're doing. Hey, how, how are you? And oftentimes that response is busy as if somehow this response is something that we should be doing. Like you said, glorifying it, that we should always be busy in our lives. Yeah, so true. I made it a mission of mine last year to not answer that question with busy ever. Because it's also such a non-answer. It's the same as when we say like, oh, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Right? Good, We're thanks. Not really, yes. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's our new version of, oh, busy. But right. that also doesn't sound like, I don't know, like all the fun things I'm doing. I feel like when I package it into that little four letter word. It's a lot less exciting, you know? Yeah. And it's a way to keep people distant. eh? It's almost like we're not going to show the vulnerable parts of us. And one of the things I've noticed during the pandemic, I'm curious if you've noticed it too, is that I, I have stayed away from the word busy or fine. And I have opened up more to let people know like, Hey, actually this has been really hard or here's what we're struggling with this week because our connection now is so important. Yeah. And I think also like just noticeably like combating it when sometimes people are like, Oh, like you seem so busy. Like you're doing so much. And I'm like, well, yeah, I have some projects going on, but like, I also took a week off to like work on my yard, you know, just making sure people understand because I think sometimes people just see certain elements and like, they think I'm working 12 hour days. And like, I can't remember the last time I probably did like an eight hour straight day because that's just not how I function. That's not how I'm productive. Right. Right. But, But everybody gets that impression of, Oh, she's got a lot going on. She must be you know, burning the midnight oil. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we like to look at other people through our own lens or it's kind of like we're projecting onto others. So I know sometimes when I'm in my business feeling like I'm not doing enough, I will look at everyone else and see all the things that they're doing. Exactly. So I I won't see the stuff that they're not doing. um, But instead what I'm doing is I'm projecting my own inner feelings and my struggle onto what I think others are doing. So that, that can really get us stuck. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. Yeah. So now I'm working with entrepreneurs, like I said, to make them, you know, get through scaling their businesses and feeling really aligned with their businesses without burning out. So my main focus is showing people you can do without the burnout, showing people that you're actually allowed to earn more um, while working less because you are really good at what you do. And there's ways that you can't, um, just shift how you're running your business and not feel that guilt around it. Cause I know that was a really weird point for me because we're told, right. Work hard so you can make good money. 
Um, so just changing that, that misconception a little bit. And then also that you can do it on your own terms. I think a lot of people associate business, um, with like, capitalism and being super money hungry. And I work with a lot of people in spaces like wellness where they're more passionate about being aligned in their business and making money to cover the expenses they have than they are about making millions or doing both, right? Wanting to be really aligned and making millions in a way that feels really good. So even for myself as an example, um, I do private coaching. So one-on-one coaching with entrepreneurs, but I also have um, a course. I have a with my course, I have an option that you can do it totally on your own, or you can add a few coaching calls so that there's the different pricing options for people that maybe aren't in a place where they can, you know, take on private coaching. Um, and then also with my lower end products, like I have a spreadsheet to help people plan their finances. I like to do, um, kind of like a sliding scale. So a few different pricing options that make it more accessible with the pricing option on the higher end, actually being a pay it forward, that gives someone else access for free. So showing people there's ways, right? We can integrate things into our business that let you still be you and let you feel really good about your business, but still allow you to make the money that you should be making. Right. The idea of play is coming up here. Like we should still be able to play. And as adults, we lose the idea of play. Okay. So tell us what happened. What happened around, like what led you up to this burnout? What, What was going on for you? Yeah. So we were traveling a lot. Um, one of the things that really did grow our company was actually being at events in the community and being really actively engaged online, but also offline. So we spent pretty much every weekend while we were still students and working full time, mm-hmm. um, traveling to events for our little side hustle. And then once we took it full time, we were doing a lot of travel. So weeks at a time from LA to Texas to Calgary and all that. Um, And that really started to catch up with my body because at the same time we were training um, for national powerlifting competitions and it's not an easy thing to train for. It's three hours in the gym, multiple days a week. Um, So it's really, really time consuming and also really hard on your body. So it was Mm -hmm. for me, yeah, for me, those elements combined um, along with the stress of, you know, for a lot, a long time of it being a full-time student, training full-time for powerlifting and having a full-time job while then growing this business. Um, was you just were working awesome. more than full-time. You, you yeah. were working two <laughs> full-time jobs. I know. It's like the number of full-times don't really add up to a 40-hour week. Right. Um, yeah. So that just kind of pushed me a little bit too far. And I've always been someone, I always say, joke that I have like the movie loser gene because I have asthma, I have eczema. You wouldn't know it looking at me, but I'm like very typically right. a, a movie loser, as I would like to say. <laughs> well, what, what that tells me is that, yeah, there's, um, you know, as a, asthma and eczema, again, not a medical professional, but also knowing that myself and my daughter also struggle with this. So that, that means that our nervous systems, right, our autoimmune systems are, are sensitive, um, and that we are more at risk for certain diseases or certain conditions. Support for today's episode comes from Cozy Earth. You know I am all about caring for ourselves, especially in these busy years with our young kids. We are pulled in so many directions. But I think it's so important for us to find ways to nurture ourselves that require no additional time from us. I should probably let you in on one of my favorite things to do to look after me, and that is to get a good night's sleep on amazing 
sheets. I am beyond thrilled to bring you Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products with an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for my listeners. We've got a code. It's SHRINK, S-H-R-I-N-K, for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Now, I didn't believe it until I tried them, but I firmly stand by my sleep improving with the temperature regulating technology, which adapts to your body's needs. For the past year, I have not slept on any other brand of sheets. Cozy Earth uses the very best fabrics, materials, and wares, offering superior softness for you to sink into at the end of those long days. I look forward to getting into bed, and we've been loving the sheets for over a year and their sleepwear is so unbelievably soft and it's made with such great quality but the best part is that if you're worried about commitment enjoy a 100 night sleep trial and a 10-year warranty on all of your purchases head over to cozyearth.com and use promo code shrink for an exclusive 35 percent off and give the luxury she deserves with cozy earth Support for today's episode comes from ZocDoc. We all know there are things in life we have to compromise on, like the right way to load a dishwasher or whether those socks are going to stay on the floor for a week. Okay, in all seriousness, but when it comes to your mental health, there is no compromise. So we don't need to go back to that one therapist or one physician who didn't align with what we need just because they're available right now. We don't need to compromise on the care we need for our overall wellness. Instead, this is where ZocDoc comes in. This is a place where you can find and book hundreds of types of doctors, including therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists. And you can find someone who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your well-being. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of patient-reviewed in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. Go to ZocDoc.com I-N-Y-S and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. If I needed this app, this is one that I would be going to. That's zocdoccom slash I-N-Y-S and get the care that you need today. Totally. And I think what was really hard with that was that my partner is like the opposite. He's like, I joke that he's Superman um, <laughs> because he just has like this indestructible body. So, you know, I'd be traveling and then I would have really bad training days where like the weights just weren't moving and that would be a really frustrating time. And everyone would say like, Oh, well you're traveling. And I'd be like, well, so is Josh. So it took, took a long time for me to come to terms with the idea that we don't all have this equal base that we're starting from. Like my hundred percent healthy is never going to reach his hundred percent healthy. And that's okay. That's okay. Right. But learning our limits and also learning not to be so hard on ourselves. Cause I would get so frustrated because he would go and you know, have a great lifting session after we drive to Toronto. And I like would be a few warmups in and I could just tell that my body wasn't ready for it. Um, so yeah, my body started to fall apart a bit. I ended up getting really bad rashes on my face that I even tried to go to an allergist for. Um, my hair started falling out. I actually got pneumonia and didn't notice. I went to the doctors for a prescription refill and she was like, your lungs sound horrible. Like how long has this been going on? And I was like, I honestly couldn't tell you partially because right with the asthma coughing wasn't new to me, right? Phlegm in my lungs was like something that just happened every so often. So I wasn't even picking up on those physical signs that things were really, really coming down. 
Your, your body was screaming at you. Your body was telling you this message of stop. Exactly. Yeah. I pretty much tapped out on the smaller red flags and it was like, okay, you have to listen now. I, oftentimes we, we overlook symptoms of stress exhaustion. So stress exhaustion comes before burnout. Um, and that, that is the experience of chronic stress where we do start to feel, you know, maybe difficulty sleeping, or we do feel a little more anxious, um, or we're more irritable, but we know that that chronically that can lead to burnout. So you had these bigger body signs. Were there signs that were earlier before these, you know, kind of with that hindsight 2020 and the wisdom you have now, were there things that were happening even before that? Oh my gosh, totally. Yeah. Everything you just said. So like being super irritable, right? If one of my team members did something that didn't make sense to me, it was like so frustrating to my core. And then I would get upset with myself that it was bothering me that much. Mm. Um, I definitely felt exhausted. Like getting up in the morning was so, so hard. I found, um, I felt like I was losing my personality. Like I didn't have the fun, well, it's just like good time side of me. If, and if I did, it was very much just putting on face for an event. Um, so that was really hard because at the time I was around 24. So feeling like at 24 that, you know, you already feel like you're like tapped out. And I was just felt like that's who I was going to be going forward. And so that was also really hard to be like, oh, this is full grown adult version of me. Like she's super bitter and frustrated and on edge and like just so, so exhausted all the time. Mm-hmm. What was happening with your sleep during that time? Do you remember? I, well, I had a lot of nightmares that I've definitely tied to my diet since then. Cause I ended up making some diet changes and the nightmares went away. Um, but I was having really bad nightmares. So not sleeping very well. And then just in the morning, it, it felt impossible to get up. And that can be really hard when you're working for yourself too, because so often my, my days are just online, right? So Mm -hmm. I don't actually have to get up to get out of the house by a certain time. There's no pressure of, Oh, if I leave by seven 30, I'll hit that much more traffic. It's just like, I guess I could start my day at nine or 10 or 11. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was really tough. One of the reasons I ask is because sometimes what happens with burnout is we, it's like we're doing all the right things. So we might still be exercising, right? That's healthy. We might still be getting eight hours of sleep. That's healthy. We might still be eating the amount of calories we need or the three meals and two snacks, right? We might be doing all those healthy things, but there's still something else um, going on internally for us. And, and that can be confusing for people, but it's really important to know that, you know, if it's some of those mood symptoms, um, how you're showing up with other people and the impact on how you feel each day. Yeah. And I think that's where, um, we see like the hustle culture really causing some issues too, right? Because those, those mental, emotional, energetic signals, those early red flags were taught to push through. We're taught that strong people can get through it all, right? We see the mom of three, who's also an entrepreneur and Mm -hmm. she can do it all because she stays up late, right? And she can push through that side. And we only take um, rest when we're so sick that our body makes us, right? Right. You only take the rest of when you have the flu and or gastro and you're throwing up. (laughs) And and even then sometimes we push. As you talk about you and Josh, one of the things that really stands out for me is you are also biologically different. So I've been doing a lot of reading on the infradian system. So we all have the circadian system, which is the idea that, you know, we operate in a 24 hour clock. We need to be looking after our sleep and how important sleep is. You know, on average, we need 
everyone's different, but six to 10 hours on average, it's eight mm-hmm. um, to help restore our body. But what's different is that men operate on a 24-hour system. So just quickly, their testosterone replenishes overnight. It's higher in the morning. It decreases at night. That's mm-hmm. why men do better working out in the mornings. But for women, we operate on a 28-day cycle plus or minus however many days. And this is more in connection to where we are in our menstrual cycle because that there's research to support how, we do, how we're doing in terms of our brain functioning, also how we're doing in terms of our bodies and that we need to listen to our bodies that are saying, you know, actually when we're bleeding, we need to be resting. Mm-hmm. Or in that period between um, the luteal phase, which is after ovulation, before we, get, before we start to menstruate, that's a time where we need to be doing some more of that deeper work and kind of slowing down. And so we often, you know, we think of um, the culture of um, the corporate world. Mm-hmm. It's set on the 24-hour clock. You get an email, you're expected to respond within a day, right? You, right. you know, you go to work and you work the same hours every single day. And so th- that system, our culture is set up for how a man's body operates and not for a woman. So I'm almost not surprised to hear that you and Josh would feel different when you're training because your body is different than his. Totally. That's so, so interesting. It's so interesting. I think a lot of women aren't, we're like, we're not aware of this and we haven't learned about it. And so I I think it's really interesting when we think about, yeah, we, we have this drive to want to do these things, but yet we have to also listen to our bodies. So Mallory, I'm curious, what were some of the key strategies that you had to start doing to start healing and recovering from this? Because your body was just telling you to stop. Yeah. So definitely just slowing down in general. For example, the next weekend where we had events, um, trusting in my team to go and handle that and being able to give myself time to just stay home and have some alone time too, right? Because so much of what I was doing had so much interaction with other people that just even having that weekend of just myself in the house just so quickly changes you to a slow down mode, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's a lot easier to just go take a bath and read a book when there's nothing else in the house happening. Right. Um, So definitely slowing down. Um, and a lot of it for me personally came down to, um, nutrition and figuring out what was going on internally because so much of our physical stuff is so surface level that we know about, right? Like we're so used to breaking bones or pulling muscles, but we don't really talk about what happens in that middle ground of like what's going on in your gut. And I remember the first thing that really set things off for me was actually on my Instagram Explore page. I saw a diagram about leaky gut and mm. um, someone had, my chiropractor actually had mentioned leaky gut to me briefly. And I kind of thought she, like, I didn't realize it was a, a thing. I thought she was just saying, oh, it sounds like you have leaky gut. And I was like, that makes sense. Like she's saying my gut is almost like leaking. <laughs> and right, because it wasn't something I ever heard about. And then I remember seeing this diagram on leaky gut. So I was like, Oh wait, is this, is this a real thing? And I clicked it and it was the first time I'd seen all of my symptoms in one spot. And that was really big for me because I had so many experiences of going to the doctor with this laundry list of different weird things happening and being like, I feel like this all must be connected. Mm. Right. And with doctors, it's often if we're not sick, we're healthy. Right. So all the tests with physicians. Yeah. Right. Right. So Um, 
the test would come back and nothing would be wrong. So they would tell me I was fine. And I'm like, well, I really don't feel fine. And there's all of these different things happening and it doesn't make sense that they're not connected. So to see it all just in one place on a diagram was honestly like such a huge relieving moment for me. And that's when I knew I had to look into getting getting some help on that front of how can I start working on the internal. So I worked with a few different professionals, um, figuring out, you know, what was my body really not responding well to at this time. So even though certain foods are healthy for us for different reasons, right, we can be reacting to them. So being able to eliminate some of that stuff from my diet was really helpful. Um, I also got rid of dairy and gluten, especially with my asthma. I found the dairy was really key to that. Mm -hmm. Um, there's some research to support that as well. Yeah, exactly. And that was one of the frustrating things, you know, you, you, once you come across it, you realize like there is a lot of information about these things, but it's just not in places where we traditionally look. Um, so that was really hard too. just feeling like my whole life dealing with asthma. If, you know, along the way a physician would have said, let's just get you off dairy for a bit and see how it goes. That would have been life-changing for me, right? Mm-hmm. So kind of missing the holistic approach that that's something that many of us need. Totally. And, and of course, like physicians know what they're talking about too, but we can't expect people in those fields to know everything about everything, right? For them to go learn all about the nutrition side, like it's, it's a lot and they, they have things to do, right? So I, I think it's hard because growing up too, we're also taught like, you don't feel good, you go to the you go to the physician, right? So right, right. Um, we we operate in the traditional medical model, and and that totally. is that you know we don't look at prevention, and prevention is what is good for your body, and that for you, you will be different than Josh, you'll be different than a friend, and you know how your body responds to that because you are individually you, um, and then so our traditional medical system misses that. Exactly, exactly. So it it was wild to me just even experiencing what that was like from an emotional side, you know, feeling, honestly, having that moment of like, okay, I'm not crazy. You know, when someone does, when you go into, you know, that consult with someone and for the first time they go, oh, 100% everything is connected here. You're like, okay, thank you. Right. That's of course. That's of yeah, that's of course what I thought, but being told constantly that they're not connected was really hard. Support for today's episode comes from Loop Earplugs. For so long after having children, I kept wondering why I was easily overwhelmed and felt like an angry mom. The noise from the kids, the dog barking, and the sounds around me from everyday life. But I now understand that I'm not an angry mom, and instead, my nervous system gets overwhelmed and overstimulated, which is why I've been turning more and more to my loop earplugs to help me stay more regulated and engaged with the family. I'm using Loop Engage to help dampen the sound around me, and these Loop earplugs allow me to still be with every beat and conversation. I still hear Greg. I can still hear the kids. I love that they are so comfortable, and they come with eight silicone ear tips to ensure the right fit for you. The best part for me is that I take them everywhere with me. They are proving the test of time and not to mention they're stylish in my ears. Plus, we love the kids versions, which we've been able to take to the movies for our kids. I'm so excited that Loop Earplugs is offering you, my community, a discount so that you too can tackle that overstimulation while still being engaged with the activities and people you love. Visit loopearplugs.com and use my code LOOP. 
times Dr. Tracy for 10% off your order. That's L-O-O-P-X-D-R-T-R-A-C-Y for 10% off your order. One of the things that actually came up for me in 2019, so last year after I released the podcast was, you know, and I can relate to your story, Mallory, about our bodies really telling us to stop. Um, I went away for a week vacation and while I was away, I was still connected to um, my business in the sense of promoting the podcast and posting on Instagram. And I thought, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And when I came home... I started to smell smoke. And I said to my partner, is something burning? And he said, no, nothing's burning. And I went around for, for several days, actually, wondering if something was burning or if something was musty or moldy. But it wasn't just in our house. It was in my office. It was in the car. It was when I was out for a walk. So my body was actually telling me to stop. And the smell of smoke kept showing up. And I actually did decide to do more of a holistic approach. So I did see my natural path and um, we talked about adrenal fatigue. So it wasn't necessarily that I was burnt out, but I was experiencing more of the symptoms around adrenal fatigue, which is I would wake up and my cortisol, because I had been under such a long period of stress, my cortisol was tapped out, my adrenal glands weren't producing the right amount of cortisol, and I would feel dizzy all day long, or I would feel mm. shortness of breath all day long. Um, I think in terms of some of the symptoms of burnout that overlap, like irritability, absolutely. Like I was still engaged with everything that I was doing, but I like my body almost just couldn't keep going. And I know many women experience this, and I think it's really important to just be able to acknowledge it, that it, you know our bodies are really powerful. They hold so much information for us, but it's about how we listen to it. And that smell of smoke has disappeared for the most part, except for times where I've been going, going, going for too long. <laughs> and then I've learned to listen to it. I've learned to say, oh, here's my body. It's telling me it's too much. Totally. And I have the same thing. So I even like now I can... I will eat gluten and dairy, for example, but then I get the point because I also, sorry, earlier when I had the burnout, I had really, really bad bloating. And this was also kind of disguised because we traveled to the US a lot. And it was whenever I would travel and have those meals. And part of me is just like, oh, well, it's American food, you know, like mm. it's saltier, it's heavier. But I would bloat for like hours to the point where sometimes I couldn't work. Like I had to go lay down because it was so painful. But oh, yeah. You know, now I've gotten to a point where I, I can have gluten, I can have dairy, but same thing, my body will speak up if I'm pushing it, right? Like if it's like, right. okay, maybe not a full, like don't have pizza, that's like all the gluten, all the dairy. Right. Uh, and just being like being able to recognize because I don't think it's something that we're taught as much, like how much our body actually communicates with us. Like it can very much tell me when I need to turn it down and then I do it and then I'm okay. Right. So just learning what those identifiers are for us. So this leads into the next question, which is you've already identified. So we need to know, we need to learn to listen to our bodies, mm -hmm. um, but we also have to understand what our minds are doing. So you've already mentioned guilt and being hard on yourself, but what are some of the other mindsets or stories that we tell ourselves that put us at risk for burnout? Mm, like lazy. <laughs> oh, I'm lazy. Yeah. Yes. Lazy is a big one, like, or unmotivated, right? Like when you, those mornings where I was so exhausted and didn't want to get up, you're like, how am I so unmotivated right now? Right. Mm -hmm. Like 
you open Instagram and somebody has a story from like three hours ago and you're like, okay, well they started their day like significantly before me, they must be way more motivated or like, wow, how do I like find what they have? Right. And just not telling yourself that story. And like, it's actually like, you're allowed to have something wrong at times. Right. It doesn't mean something about you as a person. Yeah, that comparison that and social media does it a lot for us. We it easily allows us to compare what we see. Yeah, and especially now that I have shifted a lot, you know, I I can easily fall into it. Like I know even friends of mine, I know the accounts that I can't consume much of their content because they are still in hustle mode and for some people it might work differently, right? Because we all we are all different, but when I see it, it takes me back to the way that I used to treat my Mm -hmm. hustle. And then you feel this like pressure to go back to performing and just recognizing that where I'm at now is still performing. It's just a much better version of it. And I get to enjoy my time and not spend every waking hour working. Yes. Um, So just, you have to constantly remind yourself that your process actually does work for you if you stick to it. Yes, absolutely. I want to add in people pleasing in there or caring for others as one that often leads us to burnout. Because I look back and I think that week that I released the one of the episodes for the podcast and I'm away on vacation, I'm supposed to be relaxing and recharging. and, And I think, who was I trying to please? And could I have just stepped back and, and no one would notice, right? Like nobody mm-hmm. would be upset. Or if someone was, that's okay. That's, that's their feeling and we can all tolerate it. But that sometimes we get into this space of wanting to please others, making sure that others are okay, and that this can lead us to keep saying yes, which then leads us to feel burnt out. Yeah, it's taking the ego out of it for sure too. I always tell people like, even when I see people stressed about like, you know, oh, I need to post something as soon as possible for my brand. I'm like, okay, we need to pretend that we need to realize everyone's not obsessed with us and that (laughs) no one is noticing as much as you, right? And the reason I can say that is most people, we don't actually think people are obsessed with us. But when you put it that way, you realize like, okay, yeah, no one is paying attention to my stuff the way that I'm paying attention to my stuff. I had a supervisor uh, in residency say this comment of, you know, it was around like taking a sick day or something and how hard it was. And theme of, I feel bad. I'm not there to support my client. And the response was, your client lives several hours, many hundreds of hours a week or in two weeks without you there, that if you have to cancel that one appointment because you're sick, because you have to take a mental health day, because you just need to slow down, they will be okay. And that is such a strong reminder for caregivers, right? So you're, mm-hmm. you being a coach as well, you're a caregiver for helping professions, um, for mothers and for women who also tend to be more caregivers, that others will be okay. It's usually harder for us to say no and to take that time. Yeah. And it definitely has a ripple effect, right? Like the more we all decide to have boundaries, right? To not answer emails at every hour of the day, the more other people will realize it's okay for them too. And that's how we can really change those expectations. Right. So mm-hmm. tell, tell me, what are some of your non-negotiables now in terms uh, of managing your self-care and your wellness? Yeah. One for me is definitely like, I have a flexible schedule, but um, not not breaking certain boundaries around it. So for example, I often like to work on a Sunday. I just like that the world is shut down. I I don't know. Sunday has a different vibe. I love it for like creative work. Um, And like that I'm totally okay with. Whereas 
for example, like a, like a podcast as an example. Some podcasts only record in the evening. So I'll be like, okay, yeah, I'll do it in the evening. But then every time when that evening comes, I'm frustrated with myself that I book something in the evening because mm. I know that I just don't have the energy that I want to give it by the time evening comes or I spend all day thinking about how I have that later. And just recognizing that, you know, something like a podcast, that person wants you as a guest. So if you say, hey, I actually can't do evenings for this one time, do you think we could record in a morning or at lunch, right? And just asking, I think a lot of the times we just assume what the other side of the narrative is and giving yourself permission to just ask. And usually more times than not, it's okay. So I've had so many scenarios because of that people-pleasing side where people would say, you know, oh, can you get this proposal by end of day tomorrow? And you're like, oh, now I have to rearrange everything, but like, okay, I can do it. But instead saying like, well, how's Monday instead? And then I had one instant, I remember one of the first times I did it, they were like, oh yeah, I'm going to be away for the weekend anyway. So I won't be touching it till Tuesday. (laughs) And I was going to bend over backwards to get them a proposal on a Friday night because they just asked for it by the Friday night. And then realizing they weren't even going to touch it. At first I was, you know, a little like offended that they were going to make me hustle to get that done. But I realized it's just because I was going to allow it, right? They just picked that time because it was easy for them. They knew then Tuesday would for sure be in their inbox and they could look at it. But for me to give myself till Tuesday was such a huge difference. So really respecting those boundaries that I set with my schedule. Um, And for me, it's also like doing active things, whether it's working out or just going for a walk but doing things that are just for me and giving myself the time to do that and having those passions that have nothing to do with my business is really important. So, you know, reading books that aren't going to like um, progress my business or anything like that, just reading it because it seems like a good book or podcasts. I recently actually shifted from business podcasts to just podcasts about life because Mm. I realized I was over consuming business. Like I would go for a walk and I was listening to a business podcast to get you know, that one hot tip or something. And then when I switched to just listening to things about life, it actually made me a better coach. It actually made me better in my business, but that wasn't the point of it, right? That was just a nice side effect. That's the side effect. I I think that is so well said that we often tell ourselves that we have to show up a certain way and we have to keep doing things in a certain way to further advance our business. And yet when we can listen to other ideas that sometimes when we're not forcing ourselves to come up with an idea for our work or the next thing that it can come to us, right? That um, just allowing yourselves to grow in different ways. It's so important. I actually intentionally try not to listen to anything self-help in the mornings Mm -hmm. when I'm out for my walks because it, again, it's, it's that space of what I do during the day and then also what feels good for me, just me, Yeah. Sometimes we need a moment of just not trying to be better and just appreciating that like we're good, you know? Yes. We're good just where we are. I wondered, you know, knowing some, sometimes the internal scripts that we have and the stories we tell ourselves the I'm lazy or, you know, I'm not motivated. I wonder if you had to write some of these boundaries down. Cause I'm thinking, you know, sometimes we kind of think about this, but then it's not concrete. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's like a really great idea, but I actually never do that. Like I hear it so often, you know, people write on mirrors or they write it in front of their desk. I don't know why that's not really a thing for me, but 
I, it's not, yeah, it's not one yeah. of your strategies. That's okay. No, I know. And I ask because I know for many people that sometimes we have this fleeting thought of, okay, you know, I'd like to wake up five minutes earlier and, you know, do some breathing, getting mm-hmm. present. And then we just don't, right? Because life is so busy. Yeah. I think for me, what I'm really big on is how can you integrate these things into your systems, into your daily life so that you don't have to think about it. And that's kind of my version of instead of writing it down, I do something that forces me to think about that thing. So, you know, whether it's setting a schedule for my day that I can't break, that just allows me to keep that non-negotiable. Instead of thinking like, okay, I have to remember to not schedule things outside of those hours. I just set up my calendar that way so that nobody can access me outside of those hours. So doing things like that, that really help you, you know, set yourself up for success. For example, Earlier this year, I was being really inconsistent with the gym, which is fine, but I wanted to get back to it. And it's because every day I would debate like, oh, do I want to go to a hot yoga class today? Do I want to go to the gym? What time am I going to go? And then I just, you know, you try to do that. Okay, I'll do three days a week, but then it gets pushed later in the week. And I realized I kept testing these systems that didn't work for me. And then one day I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do workout today, hot yoga tomorrow, workout today, hot yoga tomorrow. And then I get four in. And then if I want to take a break, I can, if I keep going, I keep going. And before COVID, of course, like that was working really well for me because it just took the thought out of it. It was Mm -hmm. like some days I wake up and it was a hot yoga day. And I'm like, I kind of want to work out. And I'm like, no, just go do hot yoga and it'll be fine. And it was always fine. And it was just for me, that was like the easiest way to create a foolproof system that works for me. Even though for most people, like you never really hear that advice for the gym, like, okay, just do one day, one day, one day, Mm -hmm. but it's what what was working for me. So just giving yourself permission to like, let go of all of these tips and tricks that you hear and just listen to your own mind and body and say like, what actually will work for me? Yeah. Listening to your own body is so important around this. And and instead of looking outside of ourselves and measuring it up against to what other people are doing, because what works for one person doesn't work for someone else. Mm -hmm. That really stands out for me, this piece that you help people to tune into themselves and what they need. So tell me, how do you do this with others? Yeah. So, I mean, with any of my coaching clients and even like the program that I have, um, the first week is always understanding what they want from life um, because that was one of the biggest um, things I realized with my first business is no one stopped to ask us these questions of what's that end game or what's important to you long-term because as the business started to grow, my burnout was a really big wake up. But then we also started to realize like, Hey, this company doesn't totally align with us. It had so many of our values, but you know, we were making apparel and we're both very minimalist and we're pretty big environmentalists. So then it was getting to this point of like, Oh, I don't really want to be releasing a bunch of graphic tees. So, you know, thinking about what are those long-term priorities for you and what's important and then building around that because sometimes I find people are getting into a certain business because they've seen other people do it. They think that's the route they're supposed to take. And then when we talk about what they actually want from life, it's really not aligned. So for example, someone might might become a coach, but you know, maybe, or I had somebody that has a bit of a social media profile and she's building her whole business around that, but then tells me one day she just wants to like live in the woods and like unplugged from everything. Mm. So that's really important information, right? Because we're going to have to build her business very differently than somebody who says, I want to be in the spotlight for the rest of my life. Right. right? So looking at what people actually want and then also seeing, can we get it for you sooner than you think? Right. Because if you say, okay, I want 
flexibility. Like it's really important to me that my days are my days. That's something we could probably actually get you tomorrow, right? So we can work, get you working in that ideal space a lot sooner than you think. And then it doesn't have to be this big end goal or we don't have to jump through all the hoops to get there. Maybe we can get you there now. And then you have so much more room to explore because you're actually living more of that life that you aspire to live. So that's always the thing that I like to start with. So this, my partner's going to love hearing this because (laughs) we opened Integrated Wellness last year in June of 2019. And it was... It was November 2018. I just gone back from maternity leave with my second daughter, and my partner was like, "You're working long hours. You're away from home for a lot. You know, how's this working for you?" I said, "It's fine. We'll just keep going. It's good." Mm. And he's like, "But what are you needing?" And we started talking about what my values were in business, and he was he was pushing me, nudging me. Well, why don't you create this space for yourself? And the story. So let's go back to the mindsets. The story that I kept telling myself was. In five years, when my kids are a bit more grown, in five years, I'll do it later. I've just gotten back from maternity leave. And I kept telling myself this reason of why I couldn't create my own space and align myself with what was really important to me. Mm-hmm. And you know, I still have this scrap piece of paper written down hanging up in my cupboard that my values were about flexibility, that I needed that flexibility in my schedule and in my space. And I needed to be closer to home. I needed to be connected with the people that I was working with. Like those were things that were really important to me that I kept telling myself, I'm fine, I'm fine. But now I I get that feeling of I'm aligned, that this is my values and here I am. And I had to step out of the story. So I kept telling myself. Yeah. And it's so much more satisfying to say I'm aligned than it is to say I'm fine, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. One of the stories that's always stuck with me is one of our mentors early on told us, you know, he had um, a friend that had a pension and was living for the day he turned 65 and he passed away at 60. And that's a real narrative that happens to a lot of people, right? So if we're always focused on future us, it's important to look out for future us, but we also have to remember that no day is promised. And wouldn't you rather, you know, go thinking you were doing the thing that you loved and had that flexibility that was so important to you when your kids were even younger than it is to say, oh, I was almost there, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so with, with my clients too. So that's always the beginning. We talk about what they want long-term. And then we talk about how can we integrate those important pieces to the way they build their business. So for example, if it's flexibility, right? What kind of products do they need to be making? What kind of services can they offer? And then within those services... What does that look like, right? Because even flexibility can look so different to people. I love flexibility, but my flexibility is probably very different from your flexibility, Mm -hmm. right? Um, For me, I like hate the idea of like any long-term commitment because my flexibility is like, I'd like to pick up for three months and I'd like for that to be okay. So if I have a lot of commitments that are an ongoing weekly commitment, that makes it really hard for me, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So where someone else, it might be the flexibility that they can get their kids at three o'clock. Right. Right. So looking at how do we integrate it through their business and pricing is actually a really big one because I find that pricing is a lot of the times where people self-sabotage because of their values. So, you know, they don't want, they don't want to give other people anxiety around money or they want it to be accessible, but that's where things like those, you know, those payment scales can be an option as you can create that accessibility for some people, but for those that are willing to pay for your value, 
they will even pay beyond to help others, right? So those are just one example of how you can you can do that and it allows you to charge what you're worth, but then also create infrastructure for otherwise. So for myself, even with my coaching, I'm starting to create more passive courses so that people can learn from me and have those videos and have those resources, but they're not paying for that one-to-one time because that does add up, right? Because I have to respect my energy. So if I can teach you the same thing in a course, I will always push people to the course because I want them to come to me when their problems are so unique that the courses can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And we all learn differently. And yes. some, sometimes uh, it's kind of like... Um, it's what you need, right? So some people need that course and that's going to be enough and it's that launching point and they can go with it, but other people might need more and more support. Totally. And even within something like a course, I'm that person that'll, if I buy a course, I'm probably going to consume the whole course in like three days. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody else needs to give themselves that pacing of once a week for the next three months, right? Right. One of the things I hear the most from women in my office is that they're often doing things under the direction of others. So, you know, the corporate world or even in the small businesses feeling like we need to keep pushing ourselves and overperforming. What guidance do you give these women? This is a big question. Mm. (laughs) What guidance do you give these women to help them live a meaningful life? Mm. I think a really big piece of it is figuring out who you want to listen to, too. Um, Mm. Because especially when you're an entrepreneur, everyone can tell you how to run your business better, (laughs) right? Like anytime you're somewhere, especially I found that was so when we had a product-based business, right? Like everybody has the best idea for a (laughs) t-shirt or (laughs) like what your next line could be, or have you ever thought about doing this, right? And so being able to quickly identify you know, obviously at times anyone could have a great idea you want to listen to, but really digging into who are those voices that you trust and only having a lot of those conversations with those voices, right? So for yourself, maybe when you go out for drinks with the girls, you you don't want business advice, right? But maybe when you sit down with your partner who knows the ins and outs of you, who knows what's important to you long-term, who can actually be that reminder, right? Keeping you in check of, hey, what? remember what you said you actually want and this isn't adding up? Maybe you save those conversations with them. And then that really helps to alleviate that pressure. So for myself, if I feel that pressure to hustle more the old school way that I see other people doing it, it's just stepping back and having a conversation like that with my partner. So he can remind me of, you know, the huge progress I've made not living that way, right? Because Mm -hmm. I believe all of those people could do it how I'm doing it and still be making the same money, if not more, right? So just having those safe spaces really helps you tune out the rest of it. That goes back to that alignment that you're speaking of earlier, is that who, who is with you in that alignment, that there will always be different ways of doing things, but then where, where's that compass pointing towards and towards that direction you want to go? Totally. And I think I take um, communication like with my partner for granted because we communicate so naturally, but I think that's a really important piece too because you know we both talked about these conversations we've had with our partner. So if you're not being forward with your partner about what those long-term priorities are, what those, whether it's goals or just the way you want to live, then they don't get to be that sounding board for you. They don't get to be that reminder because they're actually under a false um, pretense of what you want. So being able to communicate clearly and say like, you know, if you want to quit your job and do that side thing full time, it's having that conversation and not letting them, you know, 
talk to everyone about it as your little side hustle, you know, mm-hmm. as your cute little Etsy shop or something. Um, <laughs> having those conversations of, hey, this is really important to me and this is what I, I want to move into. Mm, I like that. Just being able to help them be on the same page as you. We have so many private thoughts and feelings that are we naturally make assumptions about how other people think and feel, but it's about being on the same page and helping them understand what's inside of us. Yeah, not getting upset if they can't read your mind when you're saying one thing but want the other, right? Of course. Well, Mallory, you've you've offered so much here today talking about such a common experience that I know so many women struggle with, Uh, just the sense of needing like we need to strive to prove our worthiness and that if we don't keep pushing ourselves, we get stuck in the ego or we get hard on ourselves and feelings of guilt. And I know your story of burnout is one that so many people can relate to, um, especially this idea of not listening to our bodies. So I'm wondering, to finish up, what would be, you said you don't write things with bathroom mirrors. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. What, but what would be, what's that one statement or expression for yourself that you have really held on to that's helped you get through those hard moments or get through when your mind starts to do that comparison or wanting to get to that old routine of hustling? Mm, okay. I'm like such a quote person. So it's like a good question, but also a hard question because <laughs> there's so many coming to mind. The one that comes to mind is actually like a bit of an odd one, but um, it's always really stuck with me. So um, a full tube of toothpaste can last four weeks, but so can a nearly empty one. So really thinking about how, you know, it actually comes from a book about profit for businesses, but looking at how many times have you stretched that end of a toothpaste, right? So realizing that you can probably get a lot further in the place that you're at with the things that you have. Mm. Um, and we don't always need to go chasing after that full tube of toothpaste, right? We, we have the resources we need to do what we have to do. Um, and knowing that you, you can get a little bit scrappy and you can do it and you don't have to have that pressure of, you know, the big shiny new toothpaste. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Where can people find more about you? Um, so Instagram is where I chat the most often probably. So that's just at Mallory Rowan. Um, and then my website is MalloryRowan.com. And if any of your audience is um, a business owner or somebody looking to dabble with creating more of a personal brand, um, if they go to MalloryRowan.com slash IG bio, um, they can get a free guide for how to edit their Instagram bio so that they can start attracting the right audience. Because I am super big into law of attraction um, and how we can use social to just bring in those clients that we want. Yes, that's wonderful. And I did download that and it's a fantastic resource to have. So I will put the links in the show notes as well so everybody else can can get a hold of that. Thank you so much, Mallory, for sitting with me today and giving us your wisdom and insights around burnout and running a business that is aligned with who you are. Of course. Thank you for having me. Remember, this podcast is for informational purposes only and does not substitute for the care of a licensed mental health care provider. Until next time, have a great week. What's up, guys? I'm Gabrielle Stone, host of FML Talk. After being love-bombed, married, and cheated on, trust me, I've got some perspective on love, heartbreak, trauma, and healing. FML Talk has become weekly therapy for my listeners, where I give you a safe space to heal with, of course, a few F-bombs thrown in. 
fun girl talk episodes, solo episodes that will guide you on your healing journey, and guests with stories that will leave your jaw on the floor. Grab a cocktail and come hang with me every Wednesday on FML Talk.